There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to the Varsity Club Podcast. Derek Peterson here. Aaron Sorensen is with me today. It is a Nebraska bye week, but we're still going to talk Huskers on the podcast today. No football game this weekend. We'll get into Ohio State a little bit later. Um, soccer had a match on Wednesday that we will talk about probably since there's no football. And uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit about basketball. They had Husker Hoops preview. What was that, Wednesday night? Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll talk about too because, again, no football. no football. Aaron, how are you? I'm great. You know there is a football game though, right? What? They play this team called Bethune-Cookman. It was originally supposed to be a bye week, but then Akron got canceled. And so good old Scott Frost was introduced to BCU thanks to Sean Becton, and here we are. So you have to show up on Saturday. This is kind of awkward because I already made plans to drive home to Oklahoma for Whataburger. Well, that's too bad. They're expecting me. <laughs> you made a reservation mm-hmm. at Whatab- Whataburger? Mm-hmm. What, what? How do you... S- what 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 a burger what a burger why do you say what you're saying it's water burger water burger it's water burger what a burger it's water burger water burger i don't know why that made me laugh but it's water burger water burgers so okay so hold up are mm-hmm. they bringing their band they are not bringing their band oh my god why are we even playing this game then oh stop there's more good things to Bethune-Cookman than just their band. No, um, actually, the legitimate answer, because a lot of people have asked this so many times this week, um, it's funding reasons. That is the biggest reason that they are not bringing their band, is they did not have the funding to be able to, and before people were like, oh, I would have started to go fund me, it also probably doesn't make a ton of sense to fund that for their band. If, like, they could probably utilize money for a number of other things i don't know what but i don't know i have no idea where i was going with that but now i'm gonna look at but yeah they did say it was because of funding that makes sense so we are we 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 do have a football game this weekend there Um, is man that really wrecks my weekend plans what should i be on the lookout for then uh wow i did not realize this they have a 325 member band i didn't realize that includes instruments a flag corp and dancers um well that's probably why their band is so awesome yeah i think it just um i think the biggest reason that i read is just funding was just it didn't make sense like financially to send them and i that makes a lot of sense that's quite the road trip to send somebody on especially when you're talking about all the equipment and everything else that has to come with you and so you can't really blame them for it um but yeah no what what was the question (laughs) this is a tremendous podcast right off the bat it is what 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 should what should we be looking for off the bat this weekend uh, a big thing for me is not to overlook Bethune-Cookman because I absolutely don't think that Nebraska should, but 
there are opportunities for Nebraska to utilize this game to sort of build some confidence both on offense but especially on defense ahead of Ohio State. Ohio State is on a bye week right now. Uh, so, you know, that there's pluses and minuses coming into a matchup having had the time to rest versus having had a game to sort of build momentum. But since Nebraska is on the other end of that where they don't have the bye week now um, and they do have to show up on Saturday – just an opportunity for Nebraska's defense to sort of build that confidence. The one thing that Ohio State is doing that Nebraska can take advantage of is they're not running the ball well. They are averaging, like I believe, under four yards per carry. If I'm being exact, I think it's like 3.7 yards per carry, something around there. Let's look it up. Let's look it up. Let's Google it. Um, Going to the interwebs. So if that's the case, like they could really show against Bethune-Cookman, um, really put a dominance on that Um you know, stopping the run against Bethune-Cookman uh, would build some confidence going into Ohio State. And I'm just watching you to see if, like, you see – have you Googled it already? Ohio State is at 4.36 yards per carry oh, so on the ground. Oh, so it bumped up. Um, 12 rushing touchdowns. What is Nebraska at? Trivia time. No, you don't get to look it up. I don't know. What is it? It's definitely more than that. What is they it? definitely are averaging more. I'm just ballpark like, it. Are they averaging nine yards a carry? No, (laughs) not averaging nine (laughs) yards a carry. Wisconsin is averaging six. That's your high mark. Okay. 6.25. Nebraska's like 6.25 is Wisconsin. Yes. I don't know. What's Nebraska? (laughs) Nebraska's 5.4. Okay. I want to say nine just because, well, no, no, no. Am I thinking of... Is Alabama averaging nine? I don't even think Alabama's averaging nine. What was their average against uh, Minnesota? It was probably nine. That's what I'm saying. That's probably where that number came from in my mind. Okay. Is it probably against Minnesota? Now I have to go look it up because it is probably the Minnesota Minnesota post game notes. So you're not completely insane. No, I just tend to like eliminate other context just to make it more what I want it to be. Nebraska average eight point nine yards a rush. Woo! See, I knew it was somewhere from there. Aaron is correct. But yeah, no, so that's an opportunity where if they can, as a defense, get some confidence in stopping the run, um, assert themselves. Obviously, pass rush has been a super big concern for Nebraska as well on defense. So if they can build some confidence in those areas going into this matchup with Ohio State next week, that's going to be a huge benefit of this versus having a bye week. And they've done their best to try to give guys a break. They didn't have practice on Monday. They sort of built into it a little bit slower. They uh, were very mindful of how they were in practice this week, not overlooking Bethune-Cookman, but also making sure, I think Troy Walter said it best, he's like, we've been going for seven weeks, we have to be smart with our players. So it's not an overlooking a team, it's just being smart. But they can definitely use this to propel themselves into that Ohio State game. This feels like a game where Nebraska should probably score 50 points again. Well, well, there's no like line for this game, but if you're somebody who likes... To know what the line is, the closest to a like lines per se is forty-one points for Nebraska, or that's the over/under total. Um, no, that's Nebraska's favored by forty-one. That feels a little. Well, that feels right. Like, they, like I said, they do not um, do a line for an FCS opponent that like that wasn't ever. So let me look. What I would set the over under in this one at 62 and a half and I would take the over. Nebraska should pro- it, this should probably be something like a 51 to 17 game. Yeah. Like probably. And somebody asked me, I was asked about um I was asked if I felt like Nebraska could shut Bethune-Cookman out and I just don't think that's really a thing anymore. <laughs> 
anymore in college football, like, shutouts are very rare. So I I do believe Bethune-Cookman will get some points on the board. I don't think it'll be significant. It's just how much more can Nebraska's offense pile on on top of it. So this is a Bethune-Cookman team that scored three points against Tennessee State. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a week later scored 79 points against Virginia Lynchburg. That's so fine. Anytime you're scoring 79 points in a football game, like, that's pretty – Excuse me. <clears throat> That's pretty impressive. Uh, uh, let's but but also, you know, lost to Florida Atlantic 49-28. to They put up 28 points in that game. They lost to Howard 41-35. Uh, 35 points against Savannah State. 28 against SC State, whoever that is. 41 against MS Valley. Uh, and then 10 points last week against North Carolina A&T. Hmm. I'm not familiar with my FCS schools, so nobody kill me, please. Odd, Odd Shark has them... I feel like this isn't right because they have them listed as they have predicted score of 26.8 for Nebraska and 11.6 for Bethune-Cookman, but they also say Bethune-Cookman is 0-1. So I feel like this hasn't been updated. If that is the final score... People would be so upset. People would be very upset. Um, I would also be very upset. And, and like, <laughs> I've, I've, as the week has gone on, ever since that Purdue loss that Ohio State suffered last week, I've, I've started to feel a little bit more confident about Nebraska's chances going on the road to play Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Um, if they come out of a weekend against Bethune-Cookman with a 28-11 to 11 or 12, yeah, I don't that, know how you get 11 points. The uh, fact, though, that Bethune-Cookman's 4-4 four and four and they're saying they're 0-1 tells me everything I need to know about trusting that at the moment. Okay, so <clears throat> this is uh, – we talked about this a little bit before we started podcasting. This is not going to be like a traditional game day. No. right? It, it, like FCS opponent, obviously, middle of the season. It was supposed to be a bye week. I think there's going to be seats in the stands for if we want to go watch the game. Oh, wow, which... I just found this one. Sorry, 46-point favorite for Nebraska is what's – I just found that one. That oh. feels better. Instead of 41? Yeah. Yeah, Nebraska – uh, like wow. I said, Nebraska should score 50 in this. They scored 50 against Minnesota. They should score 50 against this defense. And if they don't, I'm going to be a little nervous about going into Ohio State. This one says, so for the record, if anyone's asking, like, like I'm looking at, like, Sportsbook Review, and they, they're probably the closest that you're going to get to, like, what would a traditional line look like, and they now it's up to 43. Um. Let's see. I'm kind of looking at some of these things. So if you're, like, listening right now, I'm actually Googling because I find this really interesting because you wouldn't have a traditional line. And I know some people like to use the line as an opportunity to kind of figure out, like, what the old, like what the end score will be. Um, so, yeah. Right now it seems like it's somewhere between 41 and 46 if there was a line. So, <laughs> But you are right. If it ended up being what, like, I just saw an odd shark where it was, like, 26 to 11, um, first and foremost, would that be a touchdown? A field goal and a safety? The 11 points or the 26? 11. The 11 would be a touchdown. Um, Two-point conversion Two-point conversion safety? and a field goal. But that would be nine, and then you need two more points. No. Touchdown. Oh, because you six, get to eight. You're right. Two-point conversion. Oh, my gosh. Eight. My brain was still just going seven and then an extra two on top of it. So you get to kick it <laughs> and then also run for a two-point conversion. This is one of those situations where it's like when I was like, I don't remember what how long quarters are in college football. I was yeah. like, oh, look at this dummy. But like, damn it, Aaron, you should know these things. No, you can for sure kick the field goal and then also go for two. It's a little unknown fact. Also, did you know some safeties are worth one point and some are worth two? Really? 
Hmm? That's not true. No, it is. There's no way that's true. Point safety versus two point. Oh, that would be safety. that would be if you like, I don't know, like you blocked a field goal or like blocked the an extra point, point and returned safety. it. Have you ever seen a one point safety? I have never seen a one point safety. Okay. Touchdowns are six points. Field goals are three. Conversions are two. Safeties are two. Um, point after attempts. Breaking. Point after attempts are one point, and then there is the one point safety. Um, let's see. So a one-point safety is, just tell me what the meaning of it is. That's what um, I'm saying. A team making an, okay, the one, this is from, if anyone is asking, this is from SB Nation. The one-point safety has always been a possibility, albeit has, is nearly impossible. A team making an extra point attempt would have to botch the play so badly that it would end up in their own end zone, 98 yards away, and then get tackled in that end zone. Because that play was on the extra point attempt or a two-point conversion attempt, only one point would be awarded, thus the one-point safety. Why is that even a rule? It's amazing. I've seen a one-point safety once. How have you seen that happen? Because I was before? watching a football game, and it, it happened. How does that happen? I just explained it to you. I, I'm aware that you explained how it literally happens, but how does it? How does that happen in an actual football game? Uh, it's one point safety, Oregon versus Kansas State in 2013. <laughs> that was probably the game I was watching. Um, let me pull this up. I mean, you could throw... Has that been in 2013? Yeah. Let me... Wa- Oregon? Ooh, it's a dog on this video. Oh my god, we have to ask Scott Frost about this. Let me see. Let me see. Let's watch it. Okay, so there, Kansas State is... Oh, no, no, sorry. Oregon is about to kick the field goal. It's 31-10, Oregon over Kansas State. So Oregon is about to kick the field goal. Just wait. Extra he kicks point. it. It was blocked. The guy, oh, see, that's how it happened. Okay. Yep. Oh, you dummy, Kansas State. Why did you do that? So they blocked the field goal. This is another way that it can happen. They block the field goal. It drops out. It's now on the ground. Kansas State grabs it, but then drops it again. So another Kansas State player picks it up. But because he's already in the end zone, Oregon State, Oregon State, Oregon tackled the Kansas State player in his own end zone, and therefore it was a one-point conversion. Da-da-da-da. Oregon's uniforms are not very impressive in this game. You know, you could have a uh, second career as a color commentator on sports broadcasts. I know, right? Yeah. be pretty effective. You know what the best? Yeah. <laughs> Hold up. Oregon's uniforms were not good? No, I didn't say they weren't good. They just weren't that flashy. 2013, would that have been when they had the wings on the shoulder pads? Oh, uh, no, I just, they were just very plain, and the helmet kind of didn't match the, uh, the helmets kind of, well, no, they, uh, no, the, the pants were like a darker forest green, and the helmets were more of a Kelly green, uh, and they had this, like, weird, uh, yeah, it, it looks like a check pattern, but it is the, the wings. Okay, I'm going right, to send this to you. I gotta look this up now. <sighs> Is this the Fiesta Bowl? Um, that would have been the only time they played them. I remember the official had to explain it. See, I was watching this. I remember the official had to explain it because it was like, what is this? Um, I told you, I've watched Hold them. Hold on. I'm looking at these uniforms right now. They're these just are, not these like, are awesome. They're, that's fine. I didn't say they were bad. No, yes, you did. I said they weren't like anything. No, like no, they no. were, no, they no, were no. just not special. Pick a stance. Hard line in the sand. They're fine. They're not as cool as, like, some of their other ones. Okay. 
I really just wanted to argue with you about Oregon uniforms, but since you uh, don't want to do that, I suppose we should probably get back to Nebraska talk. Now, actually, I'm just going to read to everyone um, the greatest trick plays in football history, which is another video on YouTube, and it's 14 minutes long. (laughs) This is what happens when you go on YouTube. You uh, you watch one video and then it sends you down a rabbit hole where well, what got like, you'll me, go there for a music video for like Fallout Boy and you'll end up three hours later watching like I don't know old WNBA highlights. That's what happens to me, me on oh the Oregon plays in this one too. Okay or not no a different Oregon play Oregon versus Michigan it looks like anyway did you ever see the one where um, Michigan lined up in just like a really dumb straight line. This this one? Yeah, the Harbaugh formation. Yeah. That one's in here. The I formation. Me. Gosh, I remember all like oh, that was so fun. <laughs> My favorite was the South Carolina thing. Yes. Yes. That one was great. That's a sight to be seen. My favorite was the South Carolina one when um what's his face? The Florida Steve Spurrier was was coaching there and they would do like one their center would be over the ball and then they have the quarterback and then they'd have like two linemen like way way out uh toward, on like the yard markers uh on the right side and then two other linemen way way out on the left side and then they would have like receivers lined up behind them that was my favorite formation that i've ever seen really maybe they yes. could get just super weird this weekend against bethune cookman tied it back to the game <laughs> did like weird things with your hands i did i wish people could have seen that Yep, well, you know, we don't film these. So. I think they are going to do some weird stuff. You saw them last week do some weird stuff. Mikhail Wilbon's going to make his debut. No, Mikhail Wilbon is not alive anymore. We've he talked was. about this. I just this. saw him today. We have talked about this. I saw him. For anyone listening, I saw him on Thursday, October 25th. I saw Jalen Bradley, too. I did, too. He was walking with Maurice Washington, and they were yelling at another running back who said, it's hard to stop, and he was like, no, it's not, and he like ran forward and stopped his feet. Okay, so that'll bring me to another point. Everybody felt like they were in good moods today. Did they were you get in that? a good mood, yeah. So uh, what do you make of the mindset of this team? I know that there's a lot of people um, that have talked about, well, Nebraska's just overlooking Bethune-Cookman. Like they, need, they, they got one win. They got a little cocky. They need to be prepared for this one. They obviously didn't practice on Monday. Um, tried to take a little bit of advantage of their bye week. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the mindset of this team heading into the game? Well, I mean, I think the biggest concern that people obviously have is they don't want – they don't want Nebraska to overlook Bethune-Cookman, but at the same time, I think it's good that they're having fun. I, I mean, that was the best thing about the win over Minnesota is it looked like for the first time they were having fun. They were enjoying themselves. So I'm glad that they're enjoying this week. They should be. Now, if they go into the game on Saturday and win 26-11 to instead of um, hanging 40 to 50 points on BCU like we think that they can – then it becomes a question of, like, did you not take it seriously enough? But all of the coaches have said all week they've been putting the time in. They're happy um, with the work. Uh, even Troy Walter says he feels like they're sound in their assignments. They're sound in what they should be doing. So he's not concerned that, like, you know, they haven't been taking it seriously. So. I also think we heard from Frost on Thursday that they had probably their best or, – or what was it? Far and away their best Thursday practice of the season – Far and away. Um, talked about... Which was a shout-out to the UCF in space uniforms. Those are amazing. Mm-hmm. Should we just talk about uniforms instead? No. We could just spend the rest of this podcast talking about Yeah, uniforms. I guess we have. We now have talked about Oregon. Like, most of the podcast so far has been but spent But you said far and away, about. which the moment he said it earlier today, when he said far and away, I was like, shout-out. Shout-out to space. 
That's actually part of their marketing plan. Like they have other coaches outside, outside. of Central Florida, like talking about like putting little subtle shots towards I, their. Well, I told you that their um, UCF has been dropping elements of this uniform since last winter. Right, which is that's so what I'm talking about. Genius. Their marketing director is like light years ahead of everybody else. They had the uniform up, design in their spring game posters. It's amazing. I hate them. It's fantastic. And respect them so much. Respect the game. Respect the game. But yeah. No, they were all in good moods, and he said it was far and away the best Thursday practice, which was good to hear. Um, I mean, for anyone who's curious, like, they don't practice in pads on Thursdays. No, Thursdays are walkthrough Thursdays or reggae Thursdays. <laughs> the only thing they didn't do today is they didn't play the win-win-win-win <laughs> song. Because so they, they played, played reggae music. They did. You're right. Well, they also were playing some ACDC when I walked into the stadium today. They were not playing reggae music when we got there, but if anybody wants to know what that reference is, read Hail Varsity and subscribe to the magazine because you will know what that reference is if you subscribe to the magazine. Um, wh- you can get was- to it at... Um, you can go subscribe at store.hailvarsity.com. Well, I could have just put the link in the description. Like, we don't need to tell Well, you can, the but also store.hailvarsity.com. Okay. It's not hard. Type it in your browser right now. Just don't close your phone. Go get a computer and type it into your browser. Okay. Um, the point that I was getting at, attention to detail, was something that Scott talked about this week and that they were really, really good about that. Mm-hmm. Um, he mentioned that earlier in the season they would they, they, they do run-throughs of the game plan and they go through everything that they've scripted out for the week um, and, and they try to simulate kind of the looks that they're going to get or that they expect to get from the defense. And he was saying that earlier in the season they would not get through everything that they had in the game plan they wouldn't get through the whole script um in time because they were having to do things over they were having to go back and and correct things um and he said today thursday recording this on a thursday that they got through everything with time to spare Mm -hmm. uh so that's encouraging and that's probably you you can take more from that than just the we had the best practice Thursday practice that we've had. Well, in both Austin, so both Greg Austin and then Troy Walters, I believe, said this yesterday. Everything's kind of blurring together. But um, they do have officials at practices on Tuesday Wednesdays, and the amount of flags that have been thrown in practice during those days where they have officials has decreased significantly ahead of Minnesota and then also this week. So if you believe – if you go by the you are what you practice, you will do what you practice – then those things have gotten better. The fact that there have been less penalty flags thrown in practice and then the fact that there have been um, more, they're getting through more in their walkthrough because they're not having to repeat things. Those then hopefully showed us what we saw against Minnesota and reason to believe that they will continue to get better on those things as well. Sure. So Adrian Martinez Thursday morning was named the, what was it, the Manning Passer of the Week? He won the Manning Award Quarterback of the Week that's presented uh, by the All-State Sugar Bowl. All-State Sugar Bowl. That was... Oh, Mo Berry in the comments. First comment with the T.O. gif. That's my quarterback. Love it. Love it, Mo. Okay, anyway. Um, Adrian had like 400 yards of offense uh, last week for the third time in four games. Does the legend of Martinez grow again this week against an FCS defense? Or does he come out by halftime? I think he's not going to play this whole game. I mean, I think the legend sort of grows then if he's taken out at a certain point because he would have gotten them into a position where they can remove him. I I think you also show a lot of success if Martinez does not play this whole game. Uh, I believe that we will see not only Andrew Bunch, but I think we'll see Noah Vedral. I even jokingly said, 
why not throw Matt Masker in there for the last two minutes if if you because but why not (laughs) you're not going to burn his red shirt anyway they uh, you'll see Vedral Vedral you'll see Noah Vedral why why do I keep saying things weird you'll see Noah Vedral before you see Andrew Bunch and you will not see Matt Masker that's fine I'm just going to say it's going to be Matt Masker to Mikhail Wilbon for a touchdown. Just kidding. <laughs> Javon McQuitty emerges. That, that, and that's another storyline that we can talk about in this game because, I mean, this this game is a little bit weird. But there are – I talked to Javon DeWitt on Wednesday, mm-hmm. Tuesday, uh, what the plan was with Brian Dixon because he hasn't played it all this season. He said, we've got five games left. The plan is to play him in four. You would think that would start this weekend. You'd think. They've got – a guy in Miles Jones that we heard like about all spring long, all summer long. Uh, he has not touched the field this season. Maybe he gets in. Maybe Vedral gets in. They're going to play a lot of people this weekend. Who Who's the one person that you're expecting to see the most of? Or who's the one person that you want to see? Noah Vedral. Okay. Why? I really sincerely believe if... I mean, I just think they'll be... I don't know. I mean, why not? <coughs> That's my biggest thing is why not. The reason I would like to see him in action is I think um, the only time Nebraska fans have gotten to see him really in action was the spring game outside of his time at UCF, but at Nebraska the only time is the spring game. I'd be curious to see him leading the offense, especially because there's always that a lot of people who are under the woulda, coulda, shoulda um, kind of thing with asking for his uh, waiver sooner rather than later. Uh, It would just be interesting to see how he works with this offense. And honestly – if you have Martinez in, like, the first half and then they bring in Vedral as the game sort of gets put away and he steps in, it kind of could give you a preview of what we might be watching from the quarterbacks in the spring. Yeah. I think you could get a situation where you get Martinez for the first two quarters, you get Vedral for the third, and then you get Bunch for the fourth. And then you get be. Matt Masker for the last minute and a half. <laughs> when Masker comes into the game Saturday, I'm just gonna point at you're you. going to, like, throw your hands in the air and be super excited in the press box. I am. And then you're going to get thrown out because no cheering in the press box. Well, no, this is a weird week. They won't care. <laughs> Nobody cares. Um, I want to see. But this team cares. They are not overlooking Bethune Cookman. The team does care. I want to see Miles Jones. Oh, okay. Um, I want to see what he can. What his what his skill set is. Uh, uh-huh. If he's going to play that kind of duck R spot, or if Ooh. he's going to be running back, because Devino Zigbo and Maurice Washington are pretty much your two guys at the at the running back spot right now. So if he can get on the field, it will be at the duck R spot. And Wyatt Missouri hasn't really been able to get on the field, despite uh, producing every time he gets on the field. So I want to yeah. look for Miles a little bit. Hmm. Well, I mean, I think that there's a legitimate reason to believe we're going to see a lot of new faces. Like, if you have, like, a Huskers bingo card, break it out. You'll probably be able to check some – you'll probably be able to add some new faces. Um, but, yeah, I mean, why not? There's a reason. This is the kind of game where you might as well try to utilize as many players as you possibly can get them some experience. And it's sure. honestly too bad in some ways that you can't get – um, Cameron Jurgens into this game because of his injury, but this would have been a good game to get him into. This would have been a perfect game for him at center. Yep. Perfect. Yep. Well, That's that what sucks. I'm saying. Get him some experience there, but oh well. Oh well. Wah, Such wah. is life. Um, let's look ahead. Not that Nebraska's looking ahead, but let's look ahead. because We, we can look ahead. We have that luxury. Ohio State in Columbus a week from Saturday. Mm-hmm. Ohio State obviously has, you've already said it, they have a bye week. This weekend, yes. last week they lost pretty handedly uh, at Purdue. 
And Purdue, I mean, they controlled that game for most of it. Yeah, Ohio Purdue State owned that game. Hasn't been able to run effectively recently. They haven't really been good about defending the pass recently, I don't think. That's... Adrian Martinez. Maybe. To J.D. Spielman and Stanley Morgan all day long. I have also seen a ton of people on Twitter talking about how Ohio State plays its linebackers close to the line of scrimmage, or too close to the line of scrimmage. I think Jeff Brom said that in his post game, and they were able to take advantage of it in the passing game. Mm-hmm. Um, all that stuff bodes well to Nebraska being able to move the ball, does it not? No, it does. Their defense is down to 49th in defensive S&P ranking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're fifth offensively, 49th defensively. It's a pretty big jump. It's not great. It's not great. This, this all, okay, let me be clear about something. Ohio State is still good. Urban Meyer has a good football team. This Ohio State team. You just forgot team, how to play defense. This Ohio State Zing. team is not the Ohio State team that we've seen in the last few years. This team is not as good as they have been. So there are opportunities for teams to beat them. Um, they're still difficult. They're still a difficult team, you know, and they're still good. But there's a reason Purdue was able to get the win. There's a reason Minnesota played them close. Um, okay, so here's how you do it looking at their statistical profile. Okay. 124th in the country defensively mm-hmm. in explosiveness. 113th in marginal explosiveness. Mm-hmm. So uh, on the ground, in terms of big plays on the ground, they are, what is it, 60, nope. 106 ranked through the air they're 102 mm-hmm. uh big play rate so percentage of plays that cover 20 yards it's close to 10 percent for the defense that's 111th in the country okay you beat them by hitting them with big home runs purdue had home run hitters with rondell moore nebraska has home run hitters with jd spielman and stanley morgan and maurice washington and apparently divino zigbo now Divino Zigbo. That makes you feel. That makes me feel really good. Yeah, there's reason to feel like Nebraska can come into this game and be competitive. Now, here's my big thing about that Ohio State matchup is that even if Nebraska doesn't win, but they come into Ohio Stadium, they give them a good game. They they don't give up. I mean, I sat in Ohio Stadium two years ago, and that was the most uncomfortable game I've sat through. And I've sat through Michigan this year. Even Michigan didn't feel that bad. That that was rough two years ago. So I think, you know, most Nebraska fans just don't want to have, you know, history repeat itself. So you can, if you can go into, into Ohio Stadium, keep it competitive, put up a good fight, even if you don't win, there's no moral victory, but I think people f- walk away feeling okay about it. Yeah, you don't get give up, what, 50, 60 points? That whole thing was terrible. You feel much better about it. Uh, because, I mean, I, I, don't, I think most rational people are going to be like, they're not going to win this game, but I, they can be competitive, which they can I think they got a chance to win the game. It's a better team than than the season that started. Um, I've, I was also never on the camp that said Nebraska didn't have talent on its football team, so I'm not going to say that they're just going to go into a Buckeye Stadium and get obliterated because mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to happen. Also, I don't think Ohio State. <clears throat> Jesus, I don't think Ohio State is uh, interested right now. Maybe the the Purdue loss. And a bye week kind of shakes them out of that. Maybe it sets up at the absolute worst time for Nebraska to, to go play the Buckeyes. Honestly, it would have been, well, yeah. 
it would have been helpful to be in the position that Purdue was in. Where, it would have been, yes. But honestly, the biggest, in my opinion, the biggest thing that helps Nebraska out is that Ohio State's coming off of a bye week because I think if they had to face them this weekend, they would have been more angry. They mm-hmm. have a little bit more time to let those feelings and that emotion sort of subside before mm-hmm. Nebraska has to roll in there. Not saying that they're not going to still be mad. They're not going to still want to, you know, punch somebody because of what happened with Purdue, but that raw emotion that you'd be feeling that initial week right after is going to have subsided just a teeny bit because they will have gone through a whole bye week to get there. I also think, though, that there's an advantage for Nebraska in playing an FCS opponent this week instead of having a bye week. I, that's what I was saying earlier. There's yeah. there's an advantage to both sides. There's a there's benefits in – there's pluses and minuses to bye weeks and no, not having bye weeks versus having certain opponents before next opponents. There's a reason the SEC likes to schedule um, pretty – like they like to do a lot of non-conference opponents later in the season in before there's a reason that they do that 100 percent. They, they they understand scheduling yep and like i said if you can if you can use the bethune cookman to build a ton of confidence in your football team and you can like really have if they drop 50 points on bcu they're going to be feeling super amped going into mm-hmm. that ohio state game now if ohio state kind of comes in a little sleepy they had the bye week they're not quite as amped up anymore because the purdue loss is now two weeks out versus just a week before a lot of that can bode well for nebraska mm-hmm. so with that said, Ohio State could also have used that bye week to rest, get themselves fresh, get themselves into that game, whereas Nebraska had played a game. So there's always pluses and minuses to both sides. Um, but I do think in this particular instance, it does it does sit well for Nebraska. And really, it's about starts. Nebraska did not start. Like, you look at the Michigan game. Nebraska didn't start that well. Mm-hmm. They were down, what was it, 20 nothing in the first quarter or 20-3 to or whatever in the first quarter, down 20-3 to against Wisconsin. They started really, really well against Minnesota, twenty-eight nothing. Mm-hmm. If you can, if you can get some offensive momentum, like you said, going in this game against Bethune Cookman. Let's say you score on three or four, three of four, or like three of five on your opening drives, and you mm-hmm. take a big lead, and your defense continues to play the way that it played um, to begin the Minnesota game, mm-hmm. and and you turn that into a fifty-point game. That it, all you got to do is score in your first two touchdowns against Ohio State, and it's a game. It's it's game on, and that does so much for your confidence, mm-hmm. so much for a team that will already have a ton of confidence. Because I remember talking to Deontay Williams, and I keep going back to this quote. It was after, it was after Michigan, or it was after Purdue, where he talked about we're treating every game like a Super Bowl. We just mm-hmm. got to win one. We just want to win one because we know that we're a good football team. We, we just need the confidence that we can close games and the confidence that we can win games. And they got one. Let's mm-hmm. say they get two, and they do it handedly. Back-to-back 50-point games. Yeah. That I is mean, a lot of confidence flowing for a team heading into Ohio State. We're talking ourselves into a major, major college football upset. It is. It would be a major upset because I think people have sort of absolved themselves that Nebraska is not good this season. And I think a lot of us sort of – now, here's the thing. If they beat – if they beat Minnesota, um, if they beat Minnesota, uh, uh, Bethune Cookman, and then go into Ohio State and somehow manage to beat the Buckeyes, you are suddenly looking at the very real possibility of suddenly becoming bowl eligible. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to sit here and like blow smoke up people's butts because like I understand that's really frustrating when like you don't want to feel like it's. Um, 
we don't want to be like overly positive and we like, are just chugging kool-aid right we're now. just chugging so much kool-aid but i'm just saying in the hypothetical world where everything goes right and they go to ohio stadium and they get a win over the buckeyes that changes a lot of this season's conversation and it also does really it re- would really give a lot of merit to what they were saying about how um when the dam opens the water just you know pours through mm-hmm. um so I don't know. There's, I don't want to get people super like, I don't want them to think that we're being like homers about this and Nebraska's right. for sure going to win. That is a very, very tough game no matter what. That, there, a lot of things are going to have to go right for Nebraska mm-hmm. to win, but I believe that they can be competitive in that game. I do not feel like I'm going to have an Ohio Stadium 2016 experience all over again. I would put it at like a 25% chance. Yeah? That seems fair. Which is like... 24% higher than it would have been like four weeks ago. Yeah, I would agree. It's it's significantly higher now for me than it was recently. Okay, so let's go the other way then to, um, I guess, kind of walk back our homerism. Nebraska still has not played a complete game defensively. They no. gave up 22 unanswered to, to Minnesota. What has to happen, or what, what would you like to see corrected in this game? Because there are still issues that this football team has. They're, they're, obviously, they're a one-in-six football team. What yep. would you like to see corrected, or what would you like to see look better this weekend against Bethune-Cookman that hasn't looked good still through six, seven games? Well, I think um, everything Shenander said the other day, and I'm actually pulling up our, our um, everything we talked about, because you wrote about how Shenander said that. I think what they've been doing in – Walters brought this up on the offensive side as well. They've been very assignment sound. Mm-hmm. Like, they've, they've been good there. Um, but let me see. Kind of what did he say? It's just... Uh, they need a pass rush. I'll go first. Pa- so you well, no, no, pass rush is huge. Like, yeah. And I think we saw that a little bit with them putting JoJo Doman um, at outside linebacker, even though he said he's still kind of playing the same spot that he was already kind of like, – it didn't really, like, make a huge adjustment it's for like him. It's like he, he's playing down in, like, their nickel or sandbacker yeah. when they go into sub packages. It's not like he's going to start over Tyron Ferguson when they play base defense right. to begin the game. Right, but that's obviously, a, that's obviously a decision they made because of the pass rush whole situation. Um, but, yeah, I think that when you, I'm looking at your story from the other day, um, with, if anyone wants to check it out, it's at HaleVarsity.com. Um, but look, when look, look. Eric Shenander was talking about it, there was two plays that really stood out to him, which was that um, pass back, the pass that was back out of the Wildcat in a 69-yard. 69 yard, so he said a first-half pass back out of the Wildcat and then that 69-yard tunnel screen. Um, one was in the first half, one was in the second half. They were very correctable, but players just put themselves in the wrong place at the wrong time and didn't didn't do that's another thing is they they're still kind of learning not to put themselves in a bad spot like they still kind of are like they might be assignment sound but they're still not perfect it's like two games ago where you see two pass rushers run into each other yeah that which is really good but yeah you you put pass rush in here so they had seven sacks in the first game against colorado and, and they've kind of like it, tapered it, off. It, it's kind of they've kind of pared down that aggressiveness since partially because the offense hasn't been moving the ball so they haven't been able to just blitz guns blazing um, guns blazing but i would like to see ben stilly have a coming out party that'd be great i mean he started to have that against minnesota he had that one sack um and i you know he turned his box shirt down this week which was definitely the big talking point um, but he is a black shirt whether he's wearing one or not. And I think for him, he's just waiting for that big game, and there's a good chance that that could come this weekend. Yeah, and I think when you 
when you get offered a black shirt and you're like, nope, haven't earned it yet. Like, that sets up nicely for you to then... Just go. The immediately ensuing week to just go balls to the wall. I was going to say that. Yeah. Chenander's favorite phrase. And go earn it. Go earn it. So maybe he has a big game. Maybe they have seven sacks. Maybe they have eight. Your, your, uh, your sack tracker is going to be out of control. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you want to do prop bets for this game? No. No? But maybe what? what I'm not very good at bets. I'm going to just tell you honestly, I'm really terrible at bets. We also didn't plan any of this, so it would be kind of interesting to come up with off the top of my head. Um, well, I, Okay, so here's one. What's more likely of happening? Miles Jones gets 20 yards rushing or Brian Dixon gets three tackles. What are the odds? Which has a better chance of okay, happening. Okay, say it again. Miles Jones gets 20 yards rushing. Okay. Or Breon Dixon gets three tackles. Ooh, I feel like I'm going to go with Miles Jones. What about you? I'm going to go with Breon. Woo! I like that we're opposite. Okay. Noah Vedral has more passing touchdowns than Adrian Martinez does. Uh, no. Martinez will. I think he'll... Well, well... Ooh, I don't know. I'm going to still take Adrian. I'm going to still take Adrian. Don't screw this up for me, Adrian, <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> we know he's listening. Uh, okay. Adrian, okay, big here, fan of podcasts. Okay, here's a, Yes, big fan of podcasts. He's a, he's a podcast guy. Anything football-related, he consumes it. Big All football it. guy. Big Love, football guy. Loves football. Um, Masker has more passing touchdowns than Bunch. <laughs> I'm going to still say Bunch would have more, but I still think that Masker gets in for the last like, minute it's and a half. Implying that either of them has a passing touchdown. I mean, why which not? Is Just not a all, safe assumption. Give a passing touchdown to all of them. Nebraska's actually going to score 80 points in this game. Yeah, they're, it's going to be like 105. Now that's drinking the Kool Aid. I'll put the Kool Aid down now. <laughs> As she opens her drink. <laughs> Um, okay, we've been talking for 41 minutes about nonsense, so let's do score predictions and then we'll wrap it up. Excuse me, this has been 41 minutes of absolute podcasting gold. I... If you are listening to this still, tweet at Derek at DrPDHV and tell him so. I wanted to continue talking about Oregon's football uniforms, and you shot that down, so we have turned... No, you want to we... just talk about uniforms in general. Which is not a bad thing. Aaron, what's your score prediction for this game? A lot to a little... Oh, no. Um, let's maybe say like, oh, I feel like I'm kind of in the like 55 to, to 10, 55, 7, 62, 10, 62, 7. Like I'm in that range. I haven't settled on something yet. 62 to 7. Not, if they see, win 62 to 7. That seems so high to me. I will go on every TV station and radio station in this state and say that Nebraska will beat Ohio State. But see, I think if it's if I think if Nebraska gets to 62 points, I think that Bethune-Cookman has more than that. So I feel like if that's the case, it's like 62-14 or 62-13 or 62-17. Like, that's kind of where I would get with, like, Bethune-Cookman on the other end. So that's why I was kind of more around, like, the 55-10. to 10. So I'll go with 55-10. I'll settle there. 
Well, that's like right what mine was. Was it? So, yeah, See, was you listen say- to the process of me talking through how I come up with score predictions, which is like going, well, if it's going to be 62 points for Nebraska, it's going to have to be higher points for Bethune-Cookman. And because I'm not comfortable giving Bethune-Cookman that many more points, I'm going to go with 55-10. Oh, see, I wasn't cheating. I had I had 54-10 all along. That's fine. I you can have that. We just have brand synergy, and you just synergy. were aware. Synergy. Uh, what's going up on HaleVarsity.com? Um, let's see. You have a great story on how Oregon, the some of the staff's time at Oregon influenced them at Nebraska. And, in fact, I find that super interesting because Chip Kelly had a way bigger influence on Scott Frost than I think sometimes people want to realize. So if you want to check that out, it's on HaleVarsity.com right now. It was in the last issue of the magazine. So if you're a fan of that, you should for sure subscribe uh, to the magazine. Uh, let's see. We have... No huddles posted. Listen no, to no huddle, huddle. which Watch is no huddle. pretty good, as always. It's pretty neat. Shout out Mark Cranach. Shout out Mark Cranach. Let's Craniac. see. We've, did you just say Craniac? I did say Craniac. It's Cranach. I'm aware. Okay. That's a nickname. Sure. Just making sure. Like Bunchy. Just making sure. Or Space sure. Cowboy. <laughs> Ziggy Stardust. Ziggy Stardust. Um, <laughs> Jaime. Oh, my God. Yeah, Jaime. When he, I'm pretty sure he meant to say Hymus and said Jaime. No, I think that's the nickname. Really? I think so. Okay. I don't. I, I. I'm gonna. You're gonna give him the benefit. Of I'm doubt. gonna give him the benefit of the doubt and say he definitely knows how to say his players' last names. It's Jaime. <laughs> Is Zigbu? Zigbu. Zigbu. Um, let's see. <laughs> but we'll have a ton of really good stuff. We're even talking through this weekend just some of the cool things that we'll be able to provide for you on HaleVarsity.com just from the game coverage and then heading into next week. So you'll for sure want to bookmark HaleVarsity.com. Follow us on Twitter at HaleVarsity. Follow us on Instagram at HaleVarsity. Mm-hmm. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash HaleVarsity. <laughs> Should I keep going? Also, We've got all uh, the social channels. Also, there's basketball stuff. Uh, Husker there's Hoops basketball. preview for men Wednesday night. Women had their preview Tuesday night. We've got soccer stuff loaded on site. Nebraska closed out its season with a one, or no, with a two nil win over Michigan State. They earned the sixth seed in the Big Ten tournament, which begins Sunday. I don't think that game's on BTN. Uh, it might be streaming on BTN to go, but they play Ohio State uh, at one p.m. Central Time on Sunday. We'll have – does volleyball play this weekend? I know they won. They finally won a game again. Um, Remember how to their... win, so John Cook is off the hot seat now. What is their schedule? Let me they look might really play quick. this weekend. If they do, we'll have I'm coverage looking. on HaleVarsity.com. Well, I'm just trying to keep it Yeah, going. they play on Saturday night. I was going to say Saturday night. So they play their um, – they have Illinois at home Saturday night. Okay. So we'll have volleyball. We'll also have soccer. We've had basketball. We'll have a little bit of football. The sports equinox. I'm a, I'm still upset that they're actually playing a game this weekend. That really ruins plans. Um, that really ruins my plans. We will uh, we will be back next week with another podcast. We will talk to an Ohio State person for that podcast. Probably won't have Aaron on again because we rambled a lot this one. How dare you? Okay. I was expecting a little bit better reaction, but okay. No, that's all you get. How dare you? Okay, Aaron. Thanks for joining. Thanks. I will be back next week. <laughs> <laughs> we will be back next week talk to you guys then thanks guys